Hi. 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 Hello. I'm curious about. I'm curious about. I'm curious about. I'm curious about, I'm curious about building open, authentic, loving relationship. I'm curious about jealousy. I'm curious about polyamory. Does it just mean that you're fucking all the time? How can I tell my parents that my partner is already married? I'm curious about... How do you know when you're too busy to have another relationship? I'm curious about dominant and subordinate relationships. I'm curious about sexual health. How can relationships can evolve with people evolve as they grow and change? When you imagine having sex with someone of a, of a different gender... What is it that you believe you will feel like mm -hmm. in that space? And is there a way to try to capture that feeling in your current relationship? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to the Curious Fox podcast for those challenging the status quo in love, sex, and relationships. My name is Effie Blue. And I'm Jacqueline Misla. And today we launch our Pride Month celebration. Flags, beautiful costumes, <laughs> lots of music. Yay. Just picture all, picture all of that. Every time, every time I say the word pride, just picture that. Picture that. Yeah, exactly. Like, yes. <laughs> nice. So as a part of our exploration of all things pride, this month we are turning our focus towards the LGBTQAI plus community. And specifically today, we're curious about how queer folks who subscribe to sexual fidelity can explore the full scope of their attraction. Yeah, happy Pride, everyone. I can't help it. I feel like we're going to do this all month. We're just going to, any opportunity that we get, we're going to be like, happy Pride. Bear with us. Don't even bear with us. Join us. Join us in celebration of the colorful identities that people subscribe to you or, or express. It is a month of celebration and pride. So wherever you are, just celebrate. Celebrate people. Celebrate uniqueness. Celebrate identity. And... Tune into this cool topic that was inspired by a question from one of our listeners. So many thanks to everyone who submit questions and show ideas. We love that. Mm. We love that. We love to hear yes. people's curiosities. So keep them coming. So this is a great one. As a note, we will be saying queer to represent the rainbow of those who are in the LGBTQI plus community. While understanding that not everyone including myself, identifies as queer, even if they're not straight. For more on that, check out episode 74, Pride March, Late to Lesbian, and to Queer or Not to Queer. And for those Pride-related, binge-worthy episodes, look out for episode 75, Bisexuality is Real, and episode 76, Queer Dating with Ariel Lasseur. Mm -hmm. Okay, so back to today's topic. Let's set the scene. Maybe you are queer, pansexual, bisexual, or curious, and are in a straight monogamous relationship or in relationships whose agreements don't provide space for that kind of exploration. This could also actually work the other way. You can be in a same-sex relationship and want to have sexual experiences with other genders and are restricted based on your relationship construct. So that is the scenario that I have actually been in when I was married to my ex-husband and we were monogamous. That was difficult. And it's mm -hmm. something that I've heard from several of my friends that it can be really difficult to feel limited and not express the queer part of ourselves if we are in a relationship that does not allow for that kind of exploration. Absolutely. I would say being not straight, being bi, pan, you're essentially not straight, 
is in the top three reasons why people say they want to open up their relationships because they find themselves in a situation mm. where they are queer and in a monogamous relationship and they want to explore so they want to open up their relationship which is an option mm-hmm. however for this episode we want to honor those who are actually choosing to be in a monogamous relationship and aren't interested in opening up their relationship because for whatever reason and whatever that reason is 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 an excellent reason they want to be in a monogamous relationship while being queer and wanting to explore. So we just want to make sure that th- that is out there. Opening up your relationship is always a choice. It's also a choice to be in a monogamous relationship or, or a relationship that has some version of sexual exclusivity. Yeah, that's my scenario right now. I am polyfidelitous, so I am in two relationships and only in those two relationships. And those two relationships are with women. And so in my current construct, I can't, I, you know, I can't explore past that. And that is my choice. I have made a decision to be in these relationships. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, you're choosing not to explore beyond that. Yes. Right? You can. You're choosing yes, not I am to. Choosing, you're right. You're exactly right. I am choosing not to. For several reasons, one is certain. One is actually bandwidth. I just, <laughs> I just don't have. I don't have it in me to introduce any more people into my life right now. But the other is, you know, I've I've had to think about what what is a what feels like more important and more values aligned for me in this moment. Is it that type of exploration? Is it staying committed to the relationships I'm in and continuing to build those? And so, for me, at the moment. My goal is to maintain and grow the relationships that I'm in. And so it is a compromise that I've been willing to make. Mm-hmm. And I think the piece from what I'm hearing that really sets you up to succeed, hopefully, is that you have become clear about why you're choosing the construct that you're choosing. And I think that, I would say, is one of the sort of the most important things to get you on your way towards a healthy, thriving relationship that you get clear about why in this case you know why you're choosing monogamy monogamy as a part of a greater vision or a goal or a value it's important to get Mm -hmm. clear about that and and be satisfied by that right like Mm -hmm. i'm choosing this because my partner doesn't want to do anything else is not about you (laughs) it's not about your values Mm -hmm. and what you're subscribing to personally it's about somebody else and that's not very that's not very sustainable Mm -hmm. over a long period of time we know this so it's you really need to dig mm-hmm. deep within yourself and find your why to your choice of the relationship construct that you're in and be really grounded in that. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you're going towards and not something that you're you're getting away from, right? So we really need to get really clear about that. Yes, 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 yes. I agree with you. I think it's an important distinction because if you if if we're not engaged in something because someone else to make someone else happy right. or to not cause jealousy or to that is going to build resentment that is going to that's just a recipe for disaster it's going to build and build and something's going to explode at some point so for even for myself i had to be clear for myself at some point that even though i've have attraction even though i have you know desires to do other things in other places it is important for me to right now maintain the relationship constructs that i have and i feel good about that Right. So that's about me yes. and my decision. Yes. And when you have that as a foundation, then you can settle into your relationship construct wh- rather than seeing it as a limitation, but you see it as something that you're actively creating. Mm-hmm. And then and this conversation yeah. we're having is like, okay, once you settle into that and you're like, this is the construct that I choose, 
okay, mm-hmm. what can be done to explore the queerness within me in the construct that I am choosing and, and co-creating with, the, with this other person or these other people? Yes, yes, yes. And while we're having this conversation, I think the nugget that we want to sort of explore and hold on to is that our sexual orientation and our relationship constructs are on separate tracks and one does not assume Mm -hmm. the other, right? So just to realize those are separate tracks, you can be queer and wanting to be monogamous. It happens totally fine because those things are mutually exclusive from one another. Yes. And being in a monogamous, straight relationship does not take away your queerness. Yes. I just need to pause after that. Like no. I needed that that bullet of silence after because I think I and folks need to let that sink in, particularly, frankly, those within the queer community mm. that sometimes can be judgmental mm-hmm. to those who enter into spaces and from the surface look straight, potentially. And mm-hmm. we may consider them to be an and not a member of the community. Mm-hmm. And so I want to note that again, that your relationship construct and the way in which you, who you are attracted to do not mean the same thing. Yes. <laughs> there, yes. There's relation between those two things, but one does not assume than the other. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So here we are. We are queer. We mm-hmm. are part of this beautiful rainbow and we're in a monogamous relationship mm-hmm. that doesn't exactly mm-hmm. reflect the variety of our attraction what do we do from that how can you explore while committing to your relationship agreements so i've been thinking a lot about this again as it has related to me in the past and current Mm -hmm. and i think the first thing that i realized is just in terms of things that you can do on your own and we'll talk about things that you can do in partnership but the first thing that you can do on your own is just name it Mm -hmm. identify as i pan queer Mm -hmm. etc in your straight relationship with your partner, with your family, if that's comfortable, with friends, with the larger community, just naming and owning that that is who you are, even though it is not necessarily expressed within your relationship construct, Mm -hmm. that piece at least feels freeing. Because then at that point, you can can speak more freely with your partner Mm -hmm. and everything from that person is really hot, which mm-hmm. I used to do all the time with, with my husband. Mm-hmm. We'd be checking out the same, you know, the same girls. Um, or even to say, this is really hard right now. Right. And be able to have the space to talk about that requires first naming it mm-hmm. so that you can be truthful for yourself and, th- and those around you. Absolutely. I cannot agree more. And I think it's it's also a good like acid test moment as well to see how enmeshed we are with our partners. Can we identify as a, as a solo individual person that is expressing their full identity regardless of what their partnership is reflecting on them? Right. So I think it's yes. a good point to say, OK, like I'm choosing to be in this relationship. It looks straight from the outside. But that does not reflect who I am, right? Your relationship does not reflect who you are. Your relationship is something that you're co-creating with somebody else. So I love that yes. uh, that suggestion. Like, name it. Call yourself. Identify yes. as you are. Name it. Communicate it. Mm-hmm. Connect with people on those bases. Yes. So once you have named your truth and and you're saying, okay, this is this is who I am, and and recognizing the evolution of that, by mm-hmm. the way, mm-hmm. right, Evol- that it can evolve over time, who you're attracted to, what you want, what that looks like. So continuing mm-hmm. check in with yourself and naming that. 
I, I think the next recommendation would be to do an internal audit of what it is that you feel like you need, want, desire, mm-hmm. and what your current relationship is offering and what it is not mm-hmm. so that you can really get a sense of where are the gaps? What sure. are the things that you wish you could explore more mm-hmm. with folks of other genders that you, you can't access right now? Mm-hmm. So yeah, do that self-reflection see what comes up for you right i think the obvious piece is sex obviously right that's the piece that comes up to the surface Mm -hmm. because that's we're talking about (laughs) sexual orientation right and attraction so obviously the first things comes you know comes up is like well i can't have sex with a specific gender or -hmm. or or a specific Mm -hmm. person so that's the one thing but once you get over that, there is there's often mm-hmm. more to it than, than than that, right? Often it's about being seen mm-hmm. and being heard and being understood and you know being able to connect mm-hmm. on a level that you might not be able to connect with somebody who's not queer, you know, who mm-hmm. understands mm-hmm. the world from that point of view. So sex is going to come up first, and there's going to be more to it than that. So dig deep, think. Actually, one thing that I want to note is that in the beginning, for me at least, it wasn't about sex per se. I was just, I remember saying, I just want to make out with a girl. Like Mm -hmm. if I could just, you know, I just crave like kissing a woman, if I could do that. But now having done that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know that that after that, I would have been like, well... (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> now that I've done the kiss, if I could just, just yeah. <laughs> do this next part, and mm-hmm. then if I could just, right, mm-hmm. we could just be naked and have sex with each other. Yeah. That's the only right? right. So just kind of naming that from the jump, that even if you're sitting in the space and you're like, well, it's not sex for me, it may not be at all in the forever, and it may not be right now until mm-hmm. you get the thing that you want, and then you want more than that, because that's sure. the human condition. Yes, exactly. And I think also within that is really understanding that desire, like desire, attraction, Mm. what, what, what does that look like? And also for you to really define and understand intimacy, right? Like Mm -hmm. sometimes what Mm -hmm. we want is, well, more often than not, what we were looking for is intimacy. And then the only way that we think of intimacy, just because of the way that society is structured and and all the noise around us, we think when we think of intimacy, we think of sexuality, whereas intimacy doesn't necessarily mean sexuality, right? You can get to a place where you have that closeness with somebody that the feeling of being seen right into me, you see, and being heard and being recognized and acknowledged with someone without necessarily getting your clothes off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's right. So I I think not talking about sex, the first piece in terms of intimacy is, is it within your relationship construct? Is it within your agreements that you can have really close, intimate, emotional Mm -hmm. relationships with friends, Mm -hmm. or you can call them whatever you want to call them? that does give you the opportunity to have closeness, exactly Mm -hmm. what you said, to feel seen, to feel Mm -hmm. connected, to feel heard, to do fun things with, you know, Mm -hmm. to go on dates with, even though you may not call them dates, to go on outings with. Like, can you experience that part of it under the umbrella of intimate friendship? Mm -hmm. Is that something that's available to you? And and what could that feel like? And I think within that, maybe revisit your value system in terms of relationships. Right. To see sometimes we really have internalized hierarchy and we think of partnerships, romantic partnerships go at the top of the totem. And then you got friendships and acquaintances, all that kind of this kind of um, hierarchy of hierarchy of relationships. Maybe revisit that hierarchy and really think about your friends 
as important as your partners and maybe looking at the friendship as a source of all the things that you want as as much as your sexual relationship or romantic relationship that can also mm-hmm. reframe things for you in a way that you can get a lot more out of what you would call a friendship right almost like redefine your friendship and and have built an intimacy right we we talked about qprs with angela chen on the asexuality episode queer platonic relationships right which are essentially mm-hmm. all the intimacy of a, a romantic sexual relationship minus the sex mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah and you know again from experience there are benefits to that and there are challenges i think when i was married to my ex-husband again we were in a monogamous relationship so there was not an opportunity for me to be have sexual experiences with someone else but i started to form a deep intimate friendship with my now wife <laughs> and it caused conflict at some sure. point within my my marriage because we'd be on the phone together for three four hours mm. and you know we would we would hang out together and all the things without that sexual component but at some point that emotional closeness also got mm. in the way so I just named that to say keep checking in with your with your partner really get clear about what the agreements are and we'll talk in a few minutes about how to co-create that mm-hmm. but just just as a recognition of it felt like a loophole for me at the time. <laughs> I was like, but we're not having sex. Right. But still that level of intimacy was was pretty deep. Something I think as we're talking about naming it, first naming it for ourselves, identifying in our standing in our queerness, if you will, and sharing it with our, our partner and, and figuring out ways to share that with friends and, and potentially then once that that knowledge, that truth, that self is out there, building emotional relationships with others based on that. The other thing that was important for me, at least, was community around that. Absolutely. So naming it and then being in community, Mm. surrounding myself with queer people, with books, with going into queer spaces, Mm. you know, participating in advocacy, really being a part of the community even though, again, my particular construct at the time did not allow for that kind of exploration, it did not take away from the fact that that is who I was Mm -hmm. and who I am and wanted to be in community with others Mm -hmm. who also were queer. I think that's huge support for those who are in these kind of relationships, for sure. And I think there's also an opportunity for, you know, the partners um, in this relationship that may or may not be queer themselves, right? They They might be straight. Is an opportunity for them mm-hmm. to also come into the community as an ally, right? And that might also mm-hmm. make them feel as a part of this journey in somewhat, rather than feel excluded yeah. from it. Because I think sometimes, at least when you know when this comes up in in my practice, there are, you know a list of worries, right? And they're you know all legitimate. And the one thing that comes up is feelings of exclusion, not understanding, mm-hmm. not being a part of this experience, which feels like they are excluded from the relationship in some way, right? And it feels scary because of that. And I think if they were to be a part of the community as an ally and do that work and also learn about advocacy and and, and allyship and all that kind of stuff, which will keep them included in this experience and not be a, potentially not be a point of division. I love that suggestion. I think that makes a lot of sense. Because again, it, it speaks to identity in its fullness Mm -hmm. and ensuring that it does not feel like this other thing that's on the side and and a trigger to your point a trigger that creates some fear about what is happening in those at those events (laughs) what are you all doing what's going on over there yeah i love that suggestion you know i think the the piece that has felt hardest for me and you know some of my friends who who we talk talk about this with is 
is that sexual piece, right? Mm-hmm. So we have community, we have friendships, mm-hmm. we're like, we're, we're going to the event, all the things. And mm-hmm. <laughs> flesh wants flesh. Desire to <laughs> flesh wants flesh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my outlet has been fantasizing. My outlet mm-hmm. has been porn. Mm-hmm. My outlet has been creating kind of the sexual experiences in my head and having sexual experiences with myself based on the mm-hmm. visions and and ideas and desires that are in my head. So interested in, in your thoughts around other things that we can do on our own before we engage our partner that, mm. that can satisfy even just touch kind of, uh, <laughs> no pun intended, mm-hmm. the idea of, you know, desiring that, that flesh. We have to name it, right? We, we can do all the things if mm-hmm. we've chosen monogamy or if we've chosen sexual ex- exclusivity with people that's what we've chosen. And the idea is that we don't then get to the flesh, right? So that's not something that we're going to be able to solve directly because that's that's literally what you're opting into. So I think porn and fantasies and getting yourself to a sexual place through that is the closest that you're going to get on your own. Mm-hmm. And I think there are things that you can do with your partner that will also get you a little closer where there is flesh involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so let's talk about that. I think, well, first let's name, we're assuming in this conversation that you have had a conversation with your partner, mm. shared and named who you are in your identity, shared that it is. it feels like a struggle for you, that it is hard, and that it is still something that you are doing because you're committed to your relationship and, and the relationship agreements. Right. And that you want to work with them to co-create what is possible for you mm-hmm. within the agreements of the relationship. So it doesn't feel like a problem you have to solve mm-hmm. because I, I think that that would build resentment sure. that instead it is a topic of conversation and it is something that you both are exploring mm-hmm. around how to honor that part of your identity within the, the relationship construct that you have. Yes, exactly. That your partner's game, essentially. Like you told mm-hmm. them what's going on with you there you know whatever mm. needs to be spoken is spoken and the he she they are interested in supporting you and the game and when i mean by game they also mm-hmm. are like willing to do the exploration because you're gonna have to mm-hmm. come off the beaten path to create some experiences that's gonna help you get closer to the same sex experience right so they are willing to play along they play they're willing to explore they're willing to try different things that might feel a little strange at first or maybe really exciting if they get there right so mm-hmm. that's where we're coming from like you've had the conversations and they're celebrating you their game what can you do mm-hmm. yes 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 i think one of the things that is worth thinking about is the sex that you're currently having and what what it looks like and what it feels like and whether people are in their gender normative spaces. So if you're a guy, your 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 sexual energy is masculine and if you're a woman, that your your sexual energy is feminine. Yeah, that's the stereotype, the roles that we play. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. And see if there's wiggle room in that, right? Is your masculine expression within your sexuality truly rooted to your masculinity or what you assume a masculine stance within sex looks like and feels like? Is there wiggle room in that? And of course, vice versa. Your feminine sexual expression within your sexuality, is it rooted in your your true expression or is it more of an assumed role? 
and mm-hmm. see if there's wiggle room on either side, right? Because then this is going to give you an energetic experience with the other person. So if you are, mm-hmm. let's say you're a cis man and your sexual expression feels very masculine and, and you've actually found some wiggle room where you can bring in some feminine energy into your sexual expression. Okay, now your partner who might be seeking a more feminine experience because they're queer and they're looking for, you know, they're looking to be with a, with a woman, can they, can they at least get to it energetically, right? And in the same way, I think for you as the queer person that's looking to explore queerness, you need to also get clear about what is the sexual experience, experience you're looking for when you want to play with a same-sex person, right? What is the energy? What is the feeling that you're trying to get to? Right. And yes. can that energy be explored within your current construct by people finding some wiggle room in their gender expression? Yes. Yes. I love that because it, for me, it reminds me of some of the conversations that we have had on the show with some experts in, in kink who have talked about before you decide the thing that you want to do, think about how you want to feel because, you know, utilizing a, a strap on or a paddle or rope, that is the, the, the means to the end. That's mm-hmm. the experience you can have. But you can feel a bunch of things. You can feel empowered. You can feel disempowered. You mm-hmm. can feel vulnerable. You can feel strong. You can feel connected. You can feel. And those are each choices that we get to make mm-hmm. around how do we want to feel. And so what I hear you saying is exactly that. Mm-hmm. When you imagine having sex with someone of a, of a different gender, what is it that you w- believe you will feel like mm-hmm. in that space? And is there a way to try to capture that feeling in your current relationship? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So now you're going into the realm of role play and fantasy, right? Which mm-hmm. is fun in its own, right? I mean, just do that even if you're not trying to problem solve something, you know, like have fun, play everyone. Yeah. And this is when, you know, this is one of those situations where it's it's a great place to delve into that right? Is it, you know, can you so can you get to some of these experiences through language? Can you get to some of these experiences through touch? Can you do that energetically? Mm-hmm. Can you cook up a fantasy where you're playing a different sex or gender? You know, like th- those things are available to you. And it's just about start building that muscle and exploring. Yeah, I think so. That looks like a few different things. That looks like maybe curating your porn cue and choosing some porn that you're going to watch together that is queer porn or that is something that explores that part of of what you want to explore and watching that together. It could be fantasizing, to your point, Effie, in your own mind during play with your partner, or it could be something that you are actively together role playing in order to capture that feeling. For me, a big part of it that I actually really love is storytelling. Um, That makes sense because I'm a storyteller. storyteller. (laughs) Because right now my current construct is such that, you know, we're not engaged in, in relationships outside of our partnerships with each other. And I still am interested in other people. How that shows up for me sometimes in sex is that I ask my partner to recant sexual experiences with past partners. Mm. Like, tell me about, you know, this one night stand that you had or tell me about when you were in your 20s and like, you know, you had this wild sex and this and like, tell me in detail. Like, I want to hear <laughs> tell all me of all. the things that happened. Right. And it, and it does for me capture 
the experience of seeing my partner with somebody else or experiencing Mm. that or being a part of energy of other people and Mm. their experience that is outside of myself. And so, of course, it is not the same thing as, but it gets you pretty close. And let me also note here that I, I know that that some folks may be feeling like, well, the reality of it is very different than imagining it and, and they can't come close. That is fact and true. And we are often anxious and stressed about things that are not happening in reality that are happening just in our heads. Mm-hmm. So I want to just note that our heads are very powerful tools mm-hmm. and can create environments where we feel things as strongly as if it is actually happening. Exactly. That's right? where trauma comes from. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Right. The idea of your friend being mad at you will likely send you into the same state, if not maybe a worse state, because it's worse Mm -hmm. in your mind than the reality of that person saying that they're mad at you. And so I want to name that to say that we are using this brain tool right now for purposes that are not helpful Mm -hmm. (laughs) and not, not allowing us to thrive. Can we now yield that same tool in order to create mindsets, experiences, stories, thought processes that can embody the experiences that we want to feel in real life. Absolutely. Creativity is what makes us human. We know this. We know that we're all the, all the species that we know. Mm-hmm. We know that humans are uniquely creative and we can imagine mm-hmm. things that don't exist. We can build societies based on shared imagined factors like money. Money is all imagined. Mm-hmm. We imagine, we assign a value, we imagine mm-hmm. a value and we have entire right. society structures all built on something that we just believe in. Exactly. I love, mm-hmm. I love that suggestion. Our minds are super, super powerful. And yes, flesh wants flesh. And it's just not, you're not going to get that because that's what you subscribe to. Thought can be as powerful for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the other thing I would suggest in that same realm around being in the energy of it, but not participating is if it's comfortable and you all talk about it, going to a play party, Mm -hmm. going to an experience where you get to watch Mm -hmm. and only you make the commitment, you're only going to touch and explore with each other, but you can watch different folks in different formations Mm -hmm. having sex and feed off the energy of that. And then actually that gives you some fantasies that you can use for months on end. Exactly. (laughs) Right. Then you're capturing lots of little mental videos that you will be able to use during sex moving forward. But I think that is another way of, of, of staying within the agreement of we're just with each other mm-hmm. and I get to be in the presence of surrounded in, in the energy of queer sex. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's, I love play parties for many, many reasons and exploration is one of them. You literally sure. wrote a book on it. I literally wrote a book on it. Yes. <laughs> play party etiquette for sure. I just think it's an opportunity for exactly, even if you don't touch a soul, it is an, it mm-hmm. is an exciting experience to share a sexual energy with others, even if you're not touching anybody else or even yourself, just to be in shared sexual energy. I think it's intoxicating in a good way. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this is not for this conversation and we'll do a whole episode on this one day, but private sex as we know it is a very, very modern construct. We've been having communal sex for way longer than we've been having private sex. So being in shared sexual spaces where you do get to see and be in the energy of all different sexual expressions is inspiring. It's feeding. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to do the thing, but just to have that exploration will expand your mind and expand your expression for sure. Mm -hmm. A piece that I would add to this is 
if there is concern and that I'm speaking from experience of, wow, this feels like a lot of work that my partner will have to do in order to support me. I am sure that there are things that they want to do that they have not talked about yet. Mm -hmm, And it may not be with other people. It may not be with opposite, you know, gender. And think about this potentially as the opening of the door to those types of conversations. Yes. This is not, not just about you and your exploration, but it could be also about them. And what are all of the things for both of you that you want to expand out to feel, experience, et cetera? Absolutely. I think you know, Dan Savage talks about good giving in game, right? GGG. This is exactly what I mean when I said your partner is, you know, we're assuming that your partner is game, right? That in order for all this stuff to be explored, both of you, all of you need to be good giving in game within your relationship construct. And there needs to be an openness to to explore sexuality. And I think you're absolutely right. Your point is that when that door is opened, so much is going to come out from both sides, I would say. Mm-hmm. And so be ready for that. <laughs> be ready, right? Be ready. Be prepared. <laughs> you open that door and everyone walks through. Be ready for, you know, knowing that there's going to be some stuff on the other side. Yes. So, dear listener who asked us this question, here are our tips and, and ideas of what you can do if you are in this situation. Explore and stand in your identity within your partnership and your community at large, if that's available to you. Explore non-sexual intimacy with people of other genders. Tap into your mind and to porn to have queer sexual experiences of your own. Remember that your mind is a very powerful tool. Talk with your partner and co-create an adventure into queerness that stays within the boundaries of your agreements. Include them in queer events and conversations. Incorporate different scenarios and energy into your sex with each other. You can watch queer porn together, share or listen to stories about sex with other people, or even go to a play party together and watch queer sex live and in person. And essentially just open the door to exploration and growth with your partner or partners and see where it takes you. I cannot agree with all of those more. And last but not least, really think about your relationship construct and reframe the prohibitions of your chosen relationship relationship construct as a choice that allows you to create something versus limit mm. or prevent something. So you need to own your decision, your choice to be monogamous as something that you're doing to allow you to afford you something bigger, something that you really want that aligns with the things that you want in the world, right? So an example that I can give you is a monk who has given up their sexuality stays focused and feels satisfied by their abstinence because they believe that it connects them to a higher power. So they don't resent the fact that they're not having sex because they see it as a connection to something bigger, right? And this is this is the key part of this. You've chosen to be monogamous because it affords you something bigger. You just need to get in line with that. You just need to align with that and be really focused on that and create from that place rather than feel like it's something that is limiting you, that is oppressing you or suppressing you. If that's how you feel, that's another conversation that you need to have and you need to revisit your relationship constructs and all those kind of things. The chances are that you're choosing monogamy because you're clear about the way that it's supporting you or it's nourishing you. And if you're not clear, get clear about that and have that within your sight at all times. 
Yes. Here, here. Mm-hmm. So happy Pride, everyone. Happy Pride. As we launch this exploration together. Ooh, happy we have Pride. a whole month of this. Woohoo! Exactly. For those of us, no matter your relationship construct, no matter who knows what, how you feel deep inside, we honor and respect and celebrate you. And if you have questions or stories that you would like to share or you want to connect with other Foxy listeners, head to our Facebook group at We Are Curious Foxes. This is also where we get show ideas. So come and join the conversation. Please save, follow, and share the Curious Fox podcast far and wide. We are committed to changing the noise and the prescriptive narrative that restricts our perceived choices. And we want to share stories that inspire. If you want even more of Effie and I, more stories, more behind the scenes, mini episodes, then you got to come on to Patreon. Patreon is where we have all of those things and so much more content that we could not fit into episodes. And so support the work that we are doing by going on to Patreon. And then you get all these special gifts and bonuses just for you. And visit our website if you'd like to read some blogs, look at our reading list, find past episodes, and so much more. WeAreCuriousFoxes.com. And then finally, let us know that you are listening. Share a comment or story or question by emailing us or sending us a voice memo to listening at WeAreCuriousFoxes.com. Or you can record a question for the show by calling us at 201-870-0063. This episode is produced and edited by Nina Pollock who supports us in exploring all our podcast fantasies. Our intro music is composed by Dev Saha. We are so grateful for their work. And we're grateful to you for listening. As always, stay curious, friends. Yes. And it, actually, let me point out. That's it, go. Point, point, point away. <laughs> da, 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 da. Nice. Yay. Yay. Boop, boop. Curious Fox Podcast is not and will never be the final word on any topic. We solely aim to encourage curiosity and provide a space for exploration through connection and story. We encourage you to listen with an open and curious mind and we'll look forward to your feedback. Stay curious, friends. Stay curious. 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 Stay curious.